Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of The Unexpected Detour, wherein life detours are inevitable. I am your host, Frances Hammond, and I just jumped on here very briefly because I wanted to address something about the body. Yes, your body, my body, our body, how the body speaks to us. I mean, we have most people who go to church and they'll be like, oh, God hears me and he listens to me, but God has a voice, but so does your body. Your body tells you a lot about yourself, but we fail to listen. I am one of those people. I stand accused. I stand convicted for an issue with the body. So let's get right to it. I recall when I had a problem with my ankle, right ankle. Pay attention now. The right ankle would be swollen. I would drive home from work. 30 minutes a day, and every time I would drive home, I would fall asleep at the wheel. I didn't know what it was. I would come home after work, go straight to bed, because for some reason I was tired. Now, this is not normally me. Usually I had a whole lot of energy, but the most dangerous part wasn't. I had somebody in my car that I was driving home at night and I'm falling asleep at the wheel. I could just feel the heaviness coming over my eyes. But I didn't pay attention and I figured, you know, it wasn't nothing. Until that one Sunday when I went to work and I start falling asleep at the desk. I went to the bathroom and the urine was orange. And the first thing I thought about was, oh man, mommy, you said when it turns orange, your kidneys are failing. I recall going to tell my co-worker that I was not feeling well, and she was like, Fran, go to the emergency room. Now, I was more concerned about a car that is replaceable than my health. I was concerned, what am I going to do with this car? I'm driving from Westchester County to the Bronx to go to the hospital, but I had to do it. I had to go. And when I got there, I got in there, put me in the emergency room. Nobody ever told me what was wrong. Nobody. 
All I know is I had the worst pain on the right hand side of my body. And all I kept doing was looking up and looking up and looking up and looking up stuff. Could never figure it out because why? I'm not a doctor, but yes, I have a tendency to look up diagnosis and self-diagnose myself knowing that I'm not a doctor. But thinking I have all the answers because you don't want to go to the doctor because some of them, you don't, they don't know either. And it was so strange. I had an appointment with a doctor, my gastroenterologist. I had an appointment with him Monday. I'm in there. Now, pay attention. I went there on a Sunday. That appointment was Monday. It didn't happen that way. I was put into the hospital. I was there to stay. I was there to stay. I didn't even know why. All I know is that I was going to see and for the first time meet this gastroenterologist. Very nice doctor. I will say Dr. Salama, he was the best. And I remember he came, he had all these tests performed on me and he just couldn't find anything wrong that they were looking for. It wasn't anything that they were looking for, but it was something that was there. I remember he came into the room and he said to me, I need you to tell me if you indulged in any kind of activity that they used to do back in the 80s. Now, this is the 2000s I'm in this hospital. And he was like, you know, people would, at your age, they would indulge in stuff. They shared straws and everything. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's going to know that I did that? I never wanted anybody to know that I did that. That was a secret I held. Nobody wanted to know that. I indulged in the white lines. And I'm being very transparent. Never told this story, never shared it. Yes, I indulged in the white lines and I drank. But he goes, you know, sharing straws, blood gets on those straws. You might not see it, but while you're sharing straws, you're sharing droplets of blood. So I called my friend up, she's a nurse, I asked her, she worked in the hospital, and she was like, if you want help, you better be honest. So I did confess to what I did, and the first thing he says is, you have hepatitis C, and that is how you got it. My world just sank, you know. I said, shit, the things you do to your body when you think you're having fun and they come back to bite you in the ass. Excuse my French. But it surely did come back to bite me. Came to bite me with that. But thank God I got over that. I no longer drank anymore. I gave it up, cold turkey. I knew that my liver was more important. But what I did learn about the liver and I will not take advantage of the liver, that the liver is like the skin. It is the only skin and the only part of the body that will heal itself. It can grow itself back. But why take that chance? I'm not. So things go on. 
And then 2617 comes around. 2017, I was going to be the big 60, yes. But the crazy thing is, my body was giving me a message again. And the message was underneath the armpit. I would feel these lumps underneath my armpit, never, ever thinking it was anything else. And the reason being is that is when I was young, I would always have like these little tumors under the armpits and it would never be anything that would disappear. So I didn't think of anything, you know, kept going. I planned to move. I wanted to buy a, a house. I wanted to have, enjoy my 60th birthday. I promised that for my 60th birthday, I would get me a house, which thank God I did. But yet and all, I'm going to tell you something. You have to be careful of what you speak into existence. Now, here's what happened. Had a conversation with a family member, and we were talking about illnesses. And I and they said to me, you know, I'd rather have cancer than have AIDS. I was like, why? They said because it can be treated. And I was like, well, so can AIDS. And they were like, yeah, but if you have cancer, you'd be better off. Why did I have to coincide with this conversation? Why did I have to go on agreement? I agreed with her. I said, yeah, me too. Surely, I received an email. And I, I talk about this in another podcast episode. And it's called the email. I received this email. And this email was about breast cancer. I had no idea that I would be a victim. But it was there. It was, it was, it was an email that just bugged me out where well, I never could find it anymore, but it said, if you need help, we're here to help you. Now, I don't know if this was God giving me a sign or something of what was to come, but I do know I did receive an email. Never found that email again. Don't know where it is. As a matter of fact, I think I deleted it because I was so disgusted with receiving an email like that and saying to myself, how dare you send me an email? You don't know anything about me. So in June, as I usually do, I went for that mammogram. Yes, the mammogram. And the mammogram is never anything nice, but for me, I went in there, my chest arch pushed out and I was like, you know, I'm going in here. I'm going to ace this mammogram because I ace it every time. Every time I come out, there's nothing wrong. This one, I talk about this in another podcast episode. This one was completely different because this young lady who did it, the tech, she looked deep. She was like, oh no, come here for a minute. Come back and we'll do it all over. So this way the doctor will not be calling you back again and you'll be okay. Okay. She did that. She did that. But for some odd reason, the feeling was not right. The feeling was just a feeling of uncertainty. And the feeling was as though I said, God, did I just curse myself when I agreed to that about having cancer? Did I? Did I speak it into existence? 
or was it something that I was supposed to go through? I will never know, but I went through it. I remember, I remember the GYN, you know, she was like, um, you're going to be okay, Francis. Everything is going to be fine. And I, would cr I cried and I was like, but my mother had cancer. And she was like, that's not your journey. I remember telling my son, he was like, mom, that's not your journey. That was grandma's journey. So my doctor reassured me that, um, you know, they have treatment. We didn't know what type of breast cancer I had, which is something I learned. You know, I knew about stages, but I didn't know the in-depth details of breast cancer. And that is why at times I back away from it. And sometimes I don't, you know, it's very, very hard to rehearse what you've went through when you've gone through something. And for me today, is one of those days where I just felt the need to be transparent about things, things that were bothering me, things that I needed to let out so that I can feel at peace with myself. So that is why I did come on. Now, as far as the breast cancer is, thank God I'm in remission, but I'm gonna tell you something. I give a lot of credit to all those women who will be one year in remission and they will go and write their journey. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I wrote about it in a journal, writing a book that was not for me. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it because it was really a traumatic experience. It was traumatic from the first day of hearing it, how my mind just got caught up in the word cancer. Cancer, death, remission, all those things were there. And I got caught up. I got caught up and it wasn't until one day I had to go to chemo, which most of it I did do by myself. Thank God for Karen, my friend from childhood. She came with me the first time. She's a nurse, so she was able to sit there and listen, and she was able to encourage me. I thank God for her, you know. But the fact of the matter is, that one time I sat there, and I was like, everybody keeps asking me, where is your support team? And I'm telling you, God has a voice, and his voice said, I'm your support team. You don't need a support team. I will be there for you. I will carry you. I will hold your hand throughout this journey. You will tell your story. And that is when I let it go. But then I had another problem. The other problem, which nobody feels to realize, your look. I mean, I'm going to tell you, the things it will do to your body, chemo and radiation, it just alters your appearance. And when I say alters it, it alters it. 
I remember my hands, they got so dark. I remember the burn marks underneath my arm and on my chest where the radiation took place. Thank God I never got sick from radiation and that's a blessing. I mean, I never got sick from the radiation, never got sick from the chemo, but the scars that they left, these marks, the face that got darker, I remember. So for me to wake up every morning and to look in the mirror, I smile, but deep down inside, it hurt. It hurt because I did not look the same. My appearance was different. And I guess because I was looking at the outward appearance and that was on the inside. The inside was always me. The outward appearance was just a temporary thing. So I had to go through that. And now today, I am still dealing with you know, my little side effects, the chemo brain, which is real. So never let anybody tell you that chemo brain is not real because it is real. Where your memory just is foggy. It's not like you're absent-minded. It's just that it'll freeze up for a minute and then you have to regroup this head, those thoughts, and then you remember what you want to say. That's the chemo brain. So I just wanted to come on here very quickly and let you know that I am not absent. Being a podcaster can be a difficult thing, especially when you try to wrap your head around your journey, but you're listening to somebody else's journey. And somebody else's journey, it stirs up those emotions in me. So I have to learn to adjust that you know, I am here for a reason. I am here to tell you about breast cancer. I am here to share my experience with the disease. I am here to tell you that it is not the end, that there is life after breast cancer. I am here to let you know that you are loved. And I'm here to let you know that there are places where you can go. But I will encourage you, stay away from the toxicity of other people and their feelings. Stay away from those who have negative things to say about it. Because you are in such a delicate state, those things that they say will become a part of you because you will keep hearing it over and over again. And for me, that is how I did it. I had to stay away from anybody and anything that spoke negativity into my life or into what I was going through. I did not want to hear about it. Let me go through what I'm going through and get through this so I can talk about it. And as far as people asking me about a book, there will be one coming. But I felt that my voice will have emotion enough to let you know that breast cancer is not a joke. It's not a joke and no cancer is. I watched my mother die from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Very, very distraught. Very distraught about that. But God had a voice then too. And he was like, Francis, you're going to live. 
So for all those who poured into me, I am very grateful for you. Very. It's too many names to mention, but I'm going to tell you something. I had the best team of doctors, not just at Memorial Sloan Kettering, but each doctor that I encountered during my journey with breast cancer spoke nothing, nothing but positivity and encouragement into me. So this is what I want to do. This is what the unexpected detour is all about. Being encouraging, letting you know that whatever you did in the past, you have to come to terms with what you've done. As my mother used to tell me, we do things to our body. We might not see it now, but the body will pay us back later. And if it, and it a hell of it did with the, the hepatitis, I can tell you that. Now the cancer, I can honestly say, I probably could have done better and maybe it would not have happened if I could have just did what I was supposed to lose the weight. But with that being said, I will be back again with another episode of The Unexpected Detour. And remember, take care of the body, listen to God's voice, and the body has one too. Ciao.